Well, it's good to be home. It's good to be back. Uh, it's been an awesome. Uh, it's been an awesome six weeks for myself and Luke and Jess. And uh, Luke and Jess send their love. They uh, they they definitely want to be here. They um, when I was leaving, they were both kind of. They were just like, oh, I wish we could be coming home. But uh, but. Um, they felt like the right thing to do was be there. They're writing music and they're working really hard. And uh, but they send their love and they send uh, just everything that they have. And uh, they just um, they just pray. We pray for you guys. Um, we pray for you. And uh, we know that you guys are praying for us. And for those of you who don't know, um, I, Luke and I we're brothers. We're, uh, we've been to this church since uh, day one. And uh, Jess is Luke's wife and uh, the, the three of us are um, currently touring America with, uh, with a band called Verses and um, we, just, we believe that the Lord gave us a mission and, and a vision to, uh, to take music and to, to write the modern day memory verse and uh, don't use Sunday school songs but uh, use uh, pop music as a, uh, instead of Sunday school songs so that's what we've been doing and uh, it's been amazing and you know I could spend the next uh, 20 minutes um, talking to you guys about what God has done and uh, and the, the stories and the things that he has been, uh, what he's been working through and using, and and I could just speak on that, and that would be more than enough. But uh, I'm not going to do that. But I'm happy to grab a coffee or hang out and tell you just the little things, some of the little things that he's done that honestly have blown me away. And uh, I'm I'm here today. I could say this: I'm here today because of God. Uh, I'm I'm standing here because he answered a prayer of mine. And uh, he made a way for me to be here. Financially, I shouldn't be here. Financially, I didn't have the money to get a flight. But for some reason, it ended up that someone booked me a flight and sent me home. And that was an answer to prayer. And so I'm here today as an answer to prayer. And, and uh, just, to, just to tell you that God is good. But uh, today, I'm, I'm talking about love. All for love. Right? And uh, I know that uh, I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret. Don't tell anyone, but uh, I'm a little bit of a fan of a chick flick, um, a romantic comedy. Um, I love love stories. Um, don't act like you don't, all right? Um, I know that uh, the blokiest bloke in this room deep down doesn't mind a bit of a love story, and, uh, but we go to the movies, you know, we spend money, we go to the movies, we do all these things to, uh, to try and um, to, to watch this love. We read books, we go to movies, we watch love stories, we do all of this. And, and uh, in every movie, we all have that one movie, right? We all have that one movie that we know, that one love story that we know. And uh, in every movie, in every book, in every story, there is a moment, there is a moment where the main characters have this look. And I call it the look of love. It's the look of love. And, uh, and, and there's this moment. And I'm going uh, to throw a few examples on the screen. Beauty and the Beast. Any, any fans in the house? Beauty and the Beast. That look of love between uh, Belle and uh, the Beast. And uh, they share that moment, that look of love. And that's what we remember, right? And we go to the next one. I told you I was a bit of a fan of Sleepless in Seattle. Any fans of Sleepless in Seattle here? But uh, the moment Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks were on the top of the Empire State Building, and it's that moment there, that look, and uh, keep flicking through. Uh, That look, that look of love, Jack. That's like, Brianna can relate to this one. 
This one, the notebook, one of the, one of the uh, all-time greats is when uh, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, they're in the rain. It's, what does he say? He says something like, it's not done, it never was done, and then they have this moment. But it's that look of love. And uh, we all have a movie that we know it. We all have a book. And, uh, and we all probably, for those of you that are old enough or experienced that you remember that moment in your own life, that moment, that look of love between you and the person that you love. You know, mum tells me about the moment she saw dad. She was a Salvation Army officer. Good, two, like, good little tissues, you know. <laughs> Straighty 180. In church, playing the piano. Probably then got off and preached a message. And she's playing the piano and in walks dad, DJ. Fresh out of rehab. <laughs> And she tells me about this look that they had and she, they shared and, and uh, he walks in the back, he's probably late, he's probably late in the service, walks in with his coffee and, um, and mum said that she looked and, and they made eye contact and she said it was like this look of love, that was the look for mum and dad. Three days later, dad proposed, crazy, God is real and, uh, and uh, but that was the moment, that was the look of love for mum, I remember uh, 27. Recently, I've fallen in love. Um, yep, I'm going to say it. But I remember the first time that uh, me and Danielle shared a look of love. She wasn't aware of it because it was on Instagram. <laughs> That's it. The cat's out of the bag. That's how we met. I messaged her on Instagram. Don't worry, I wasn't sus. I was just like, hey, what beach are you at? That's what I wrote. Which, think, come to think of it, it's a little bit like, a little bit weird. But anyway, God had a plan. But we all have these moments. We all have these looks. You know what I'm talking about. You've experienced it. You know what it is. But you know what I'm going to say today, that we could get the greatest Hollywood screenwriters... We could get the greatest Hollywood producers. We could get the greatest score writers. We could get the greatest script writers and put them in a room for 10 years together. And they could not come up with anything that comes close to the greatest love story that we know. They could come up with every idea under the sun. They could come up with everything that they could possibly do. They could write the best music to go under the scene where they look at each other. They could write the best script, the best everything, and it still wouldn't come close to the cross and the grave. And that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want to look at today. And I want to bring out a moment in that story, a moment in the story of Easter, that I feel like, and a character that I feel like, often gets overlooked, often gets, we, we read about it, we move on, and, and we, we read about the cross, we move on, and we go to the resurrection. But there is a character, and there is a moment in this love story, there is a look of love that happens that I want to focus on today, because I believe that this look of love, that this moment in history could change your life and change the way you see yourself can change the way you see others, can change the way, that it can change the course of your eternity. And it is this look 
of love that happens. So we see that Jesus, you know, just quickly recap the story for those of you who may not know it in an entirety. We see that Jesus, he's been, he's been arrested, he's been, he's been put on trial, he's been found guilty, and, uh, and, he, and he's been beaten. He's been whipped, he's been spat on, he's been kicked, he's been mocked, he's, he's had the most gruesome, and Rihanna, great amazingly on, on Friday, spoke to us about the fact that sometimes we desensitize ourselves to what it was that he actually went through. We hear about what Jesus went through and, and we just, just kind of breeze over it and we don't actually stop and think about what it was that he went through. The pain that he endured, the suffering that he went through for us, for me, for you, and, and we kind of just cruise over it. But he was beaten, he was whipped, he was tortured, he was spat on, he was mocked, he was disrespected, he was the lowest of the low. He was treated lower than dirt. And he finds himself carrying his cross up to Calvary to be sacrificed as the lamb for us. And and he's nailed to the cross and he finds himself hung between two thieves, two criminals. And we're going to pick up the story in Luke 23, 35, it says this. Two others, like Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They know what, not what they're doing. Dividing up his clothes, they threw dice for them. The people stood there staring at Jesus and the ringleaders made faces taunting. He saved others. Let's see him save himself. The Messiah, God, ha, the chosen, they were laughing at him, mocking him. The soldiers also came up and poked fun at him, making a game of it. They toasted him with sour wine. So you're the king of the Jews. Save yourself. Printed over him was a sign. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging alongside cursed him. Some Messiah you are. Save yourself. Save us. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Then he said, and this is what I want to focus on, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Have you ever been in a situation where you kind of think you know a response that you're going to receive, but then it's totally different? I remember it clear as day, 2013, Luke's not here. He's very much on the other side of the world, so I can talk about this without fear of getting hurt. But 2013, again, we did, uh, we, did a, we did X Factor. We did the show X Factor and I and, uh, don't want to talk too much about that, but I want to talk about this moment that we had in the show. We'd been through all the auditions and I can tell you, I've said it before, but up until this moment, there was one audition out of about eight that we actually got through without making a mistake. Every audition, first audition, the, producer, the singing coach was like, yeah, no, nah, probably not good enough. The producer is like, oh, lucky I have more to say. I'm going to put you through. The next audition in front of the actual judges, Natalie and Brulia told us to stop halfway through singing. And, uh, and we've, we failed at that. But for some reason, they put us through. The next audition after that, we, um, again, like I messed up. I was out of time. I was out of tune, whatever. Messed up again. And then we got flown to America. And we're in LA. We're singing for Snoop Dogg, whose comment was, they're like so close, but so far at the same time. And then... We, sing, we, we get to New York and we're singing for Usher. And I uh, don't know about you, but two white boys singing for Usher is pretty much just a fail straight away. 
Sorry, I forgot, a, I forgot a critical part of that story. Two, two boys singing an Usher and Usher song. <laughs> that was part of the challenge. We had to go and we had to sing in front of Usher and we had to uh, sing OMG, which was an Usher song. And we, and, uh, we turned it into a country version. I swear we did. And, uh, and, he, and he pretty much, he had his glasses on. He pretty much like looked forward, tilted his glasses down and laughed. And we were just like, all right. Failed. And then we find ourselves in a moment where we're in New York and we're standing in front of Guy Sebastian, which was our judge. And I'm standing there. I walk in the room and I'm like, I already know the verdict. I already know what this is going to be. This was the, the decision to put us into the top 12 or take us through to his top three. And I walked into that situation and I was like, just let's get it over and done with. You're going to send us home and uh, it's all going to be good. We're going to go back and work and I'm just going to live life. And uh, in this moment, you kind of think that this is the be all and end all. And uh, walked in, and I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. I had my head down. I was like, stuffed up too many times. And uh, he proceeds to go through his whole speech. And, uh, and at the end, he says, so boys, you're going home. And, uh, and I remember I had my head down, and I was like, yep, I already knew that was going to happen. And and I went to turn around and about 10 seconds later, he said, to pack your bags because you're in my top three. And in that moment, right then in that moment, what I expected to happen, the response that I expected was completely shattered by those three, four words. To pack your bags because you're going home. I mean, to pack your bags because you're in my top three. You're going home as well to pack your bags. <clears throat> But you're in my top three. And I kind of wonder, the thief on the cross, hanging there in all his shame, in all his guilt, in everything that he'd done, everything that he'd done up into his life had led him to this moment where he's hanging next to Jesus. In the lowest moment of his life, I wonder, what was he expecting as a response from Jesus. You see, because throughout his life, he was rejected. The world had rejected him. The world had said no. The world had led him to a place where he was going to be crucified. And I can imagine that in his expectation that the, 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 the response would have been from Jesus would have been quite the same. You wouldn't blame him for thinking that Jesus would look at him and say no. You wouldn't blame him for thinking that Jesus would look at him and say, no, you've been too bad. You're not worthy. You're not good enough for me to say yes to your request of joining me in paradise. And I wonder today, if you're in that position today, if you were hanging there on the cross, What's your expectation that Jesus would look at you and respond with? You see, because the, the world will tell us that you're not good enough. The world will tell you that the things that you've done have led you to this place and you deserve to be there and you deserve to die and you deserve to not have the hope of a future. And so you can't blame people that don't know the love of Jesus to expect that the response from Jesus would be none. The enemy's greatest weapon, the enemy, one of the enemy's greatest weapon is to make you believe, to deceive you into thinking that you're not good enough for Jesus. 
to deceive you into thinking that there's no point in even crying out to him, Jesus, remember me, because you're not good enough. And I wonder if that's you today. I wonder if all this time you've been told about church, you've been told about Jesus, you've been told about Christianity, and all along you've been told that you're just not good enough, that that you're just not good at keeping rules, that you're just not good at doing the things that you have to do, to keeping everything, to keeping score, to keeping up with, with being perfect for Jesus. And so you don't even cry out to Him. You don't even give Him the chance to respond. And you keep walking through life thinking that you're just not good enough because your expectation is that he will look at you and say no. Your expectation is that you will, he will look at you and tell you that you're not worthy enough. You know, I'm so thankful for the thief on the cross. I'm so thankful that he had the guts to put everything he had on the line in that moment and cry out to Jesus. See, this is why. Can you imagine the response from the people on the ground or the other criminal on the other cross when he said, Jesus, please remember me. Can you just imagine the people on the ground looking up at him and laughing and saying, what? You've got to be kidding yourself. As if Jesus is going to remember you. You're up there hanging up there on the cross because you're guilty. You're up there hanging on the cross because you deserve it, because you're not good enough. And you're going to have the guts to cry out to Jesus, the King of the Jews and and, and the King of Kings, and and think that He is going to accept you? The other criminal looks at him and says, Jeez, there's no chance. There's no chance that you're going to be accepted today. Why did you even bother? Why did you even do that? But there was something in the thief that knew who Jesus was. There was something in the thief that knew that despite everything that he'd done, Jesus was going to look at him. And this is where the greatest, one of the greatest looks of love occurs in all of his human history. Better than Ryan Gosling looking at Rachel McAdams. Better than Beauty and the Beast because Jesus turns to him. And he looks at him and he responds with this. I can assure you that today you will join me in paradise. Shattering this man's expectation of what he thought the response was going to be. Shattering everyone else's expectation of what he thought the response was going to be. All the people, can you imagine what it would have been like to be there, to see this criminal cry out to Jesus? And Jesus looked back at him and says, I can assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Shatters all expectation. Shatters everything that the devil would try to make you think so that you don't cry out. Can you imagine the devil in that moment? Can you imagine what he would have felt? He would have broke. He would have broken that moment because that moment right then in human history, that moment in history defeats everything that he tries to do to make you feel like you're not good enough. That moment where Jesus looks at the criminal with this look of love and says, despite who you are, despite what you've done, despite everything that you're going through, 
despite what put you on the cross, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to accept you into my kingdom, into paradise with me. See, in that look, there's three looks that I want to pull out. There's a look of forgiveness. See, Jesus says, today, today you will be with me in paradise. That word today. Forgiveness, immediate forgiveness. He doesn't tell him, yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to get you off the cross. You're going to go and do an Alpha course. And then when you've done the Alpha course, you're going to go and uh, serve in church for two years. And once you've served in church for two years, you're going to move up. You're going to go onto this team. And when you've been on that team for about five years, then you're good enough. And yes, you can come and join me in the kingdom. No, he says to him today, forgiveness immediately. There was a look of acceptance. Today, you will be with me. See, the criminal, the thief was on the cross, rejected by the world, rejected by his friends, rejected by his family. He was on the cross, rejected by everyone else. And what religion and what the religious people would have made him think, he would be rejected by Jesus as well. But Jesus says, today you will be with me. Accepting him in to be with him. The look of acceptance, look of forgiveness, the look of acceptance, and then there is a look of hope. Today you will be with me in paradise. A hope of a better future. A hope of what's to come. You know what? You know the reason why this thief is so important to us? The reason why this thief is a critical part of this Easter story is because you know what? You and me today, we are that thief. We deserve to be up there. We deserve to be on that cross. We are that thief. And today, Jesus is looking at you. There was two thieves on the cross that day. There was the one that had the guts, that had everything, that put everything on the line to cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, today, will you remember me? And there was the thief on the other side who, who wanted to be saved. He said it. He said, go on, save yourself oh, and us. Don't forget me too. When you, save, when you prove to everyone that you're the king and that you're the Messiah, then I'll I'll accept that and I'll be saved as well. But see, he was trying to be saved just for his circumstance. But this one, this thief, Jesus looked at him with this look of love, the greatest look of love. And he says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. If that's you today, if all this time, if this is the first moment in church today, first time you've been here, or you've been in church your whole life, and you've just never really understood the sacrifice, you've never really understood that Jesus will look at you in your moment, in your deepest, darkest, most shameful moment, when you are vulnerable, when you are exposed, and say to you today, you'll be with me. When you cry out to him and, and, and 
your expectation is that because of what the world has said, because your experience of love, because what you've experienced is, is telling you that Jesus is not going to accept you, that Jesus will say no, that Jesus will tell you that you're not worthy, that Jesus will decline your request. This story, church, shatters that expectation. And today, you need to know that if you cry out to Jesus, if you call out to Him and say, Jesus, remember me, He will look at you and He will say, today, you are forgiven. Today, you are accepted. Today, you have a hope of eternity. You have the hope of a better future. There's people in this room that need to accept that today. They need to change their expectation. They need to change the fact that Jesus looks at you and loves you and cares about you. And it's not despite what you've done. It's not despite what you're going to do. We've got, we're going to take communion. We're going to take communion together. And, and, and a part of this communion, I want it to be a response you know, so often we, when we look at communion and we take communion, we take it and we remember the suffering that Jesus went through. We remember the pain and, and everything like that that He went through. And I, 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 it says it, it's, He says it, He says it here, take this. He took bread and He gave thanks and broke it gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The new covenant, the salvation in Jesus. You see, I think that today, I feel like what he's saying to us is when we take this today, when you respond to my love, take communion and remember that I love you. Remember who I am. Don't think about, don't get caught up in what the world says about me. Don't get caught up in what the enemy tries to deceive you in. Remember who I am. See, when he did this communion, when he broke the bread, this was before he was crucified. This was the night before he was crucified. So when he says, do this in remembrance of me, I feel like he's saying, do this in remembrance of me right now. Remember who I am. Remember who I've been to you. Remember how I've loved you. Remember how I've cared about you. And the same with the, with the, with the wine, with the grape juice. It was grape juice back then. No, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of how much I love you. Sometimes I feel like it's like we want to cry out to Jesus. We say, Jesus, remember me. I feel like he turns to us and he says, hey, you remember me. You remember me. You remember how much I love you. You remember what I did for you. And so we're going to respond in this way today. We're going to take communion as a response to this message as a response to the fact that Jesus is calling out to you and He's looking at you this morning and He's saying, you know what? I love you. Despite what you've done, in your deepest, darkest moment, I'm there for you. I'm going to say, yes, today I will forgive you. Today I will accept you in. 
But it took the thief to cry out. If the thief never cried out, he never, he never would have known the answer. If the thief never put himself on the line, if the thief never put it out there to Jesus and saying, Jesus, remember me, he never would have received the answer. So he would have lived his life the next two hours thinking that Jesus rejected him when he didn't even give Jesus the chance to respond. We're sitting in here today and there's people that haven't even given Jesus the chance. Haven't even given Jesus the chance to respond to them and show them his love. Show them how much he loves you. And we think that Jesus doesn't care for us or he doesn't love us or we're not good enough. How many times have you heard, I can't go to church. I can't go to church. If I went to church, the roof would cave in. If I went to church, the building would burn down. You see, they say that as it, to be humorous, but deep down under all that humor, it's because they believe that they're not good enough. It's because somehow men and people and the world has made them believe that they're just not good enough for church. It's not even church, it's Jesus. They're not good enough for Jesus. And I just want to say to them, it's like, no, that's not the case. You just let Jesus respond just to you once. Just let it, just experience his love just once. And let it prove to you that it's not about you not being good enough. It's about how much he loves you. It's about how much he cares. So we're going to respond. If the people that are helping out with the communion want to jump up. And as we do this, take communion I want I want you to take it and remember you could you, you might be remembering how much Jesus loves you or you might be experiencing how much he loves you for the first time do this in remembrance of me hey remember me church remember me remember my love don't box it in to what you think love is don't box it into your humanness We get caught up in that too much. Boxing in the love of God to our experience. Let his love wash over you this morning, church. Accept his love. Accept his look. His look of love that he's giving you this morning. We're going to take a moment. I want you to encourage you to come down and and join. but, But join with us. But individually, individually take this moment to accept the response that Jesus gives you. Accept the response of love today. And I can promise you, church, every person in this room, every heartbeat in this room, the response that you will get from Jesus is the exact same response that the thief got on the cross. Today you are forgiven. Today you are accepted. Today, you have a hope of eternity.